Hey guys, welcome back to Girlmates Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. Jordan and Taylor here. I'm Taylor. Throwing that in again. (laughs) It's nice to give a refresher. I'm Jordan. (laughs) Um, This week we have some um, big little thoughts. Big little thoughts. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) T-H-O-T-S. We're the big little thoughts. (laughs) We're changing the name of the podcast. <laughs> See ya. Um, so our top three is inspired by Big Little Lies. And so we're going to be talking about our top three favorite cities and towns from TV shows that we would want to live in. We had a easier time thinking of towns we would not want to live in, but we'll save that for another time. Mm-hmm. That one... I think we could talk for hours about. Yeah. Well, it's hard because so many of the shows I have watched and love are A, New York City, so like, blah, or B, (laughs) um, small towns that I would never want to live in. (laughs) Well, most shows are good because the towns are so bad. Yeah, that's true. The characters are overcoming how horrible their (laughs) circumstances are. That's always the side plot. Yeah. (laughs) So what is your number three? My number three is from the show Pushing Daisies. They live in a town called Cur de Cur, which is it's like French. How do French. you spell that? It's uh, just like that. Oh. I just showed her. <laughs> it's like Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. It's like, it's, so it's French for heart of hearts. And um, it's very, uh, very cute. It's kind of, because the show is almost like a fairy tale. And so the town is also very fairy tale-esque, but it's just like a... Uh, city with a lot of like fun um like themed every episode centers on kind of like a quirky store or a uh, restaurant and it would just be a really fun town to live in very very quirky characters and colorful fun yeah i literally have never even seen anything about that show i feel like so i don't even know what to imagine but you did a good job of explaining it thank you you're welcome what is your number three my number three is I'm gonna go with Stars Hollow. I feel like that's kind of a given. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a small town, but it's very close to like a lot of big towns and cities. And I can do a suburb type thing, you know? Totally. I think it would be fun to just have like one coffee shop in town and like always be running into your friends everywhere. Like nothing brings me greater joy than. Going into Maverick and seeing my friend there, too. <laughs> and I feel like that would happen a lot more in a place like Stars Hollow. Totally. Uh, the Maverick right by our house is our Luke's Diner. Yes. And for those who aren't listening... Or... <laughs> for those <laughs> who <you>. are clearly <laughs> listening, and maybe not from a place like Utah, where they have Mavericks, um, that is a glorified gas station. The best gas stations in town. Yeah, it's like a gas station that's actually clean and beautiful. Fun. Mm-hmm. We love going there. Yeah. We go there literally every day. Yes. Um, I want to jump in because Stars Hollow is my number two. Perfect. Um, It's everything you said. It's quaint. Mm-hmm. It's like the definition of quaint. Yes. And it's very beautiful, like East Coast beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it is only my number two because... It's like everyone knows too much of everyone's business. Yes. It's just a little too small for me. Yeah. I like the small town feel, but especially when you're in high school, the fact that like all the adults know 
everything that like ever when you have your schooler, first kiss like that would be my nightmare i don't like people to really know that stuff about me now <laughs> like my friends like it takes a lot for me to tell them things <laughs> about that stuff so yeah i wouldn't like that but i love how much character the city has it's really mm-hmm. cute and fun and um i like too that it's not snooty yeah because that's kind of the point is that Lorelai wanted to grow up somewhere not snooty. So that's really fun about it, too. My number two is kind of a stretch. But I was trying to think of which Game of Thrones town I would want to live in. Ooh, good thinking. That's a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> and you know which one I chose? The one that's been abandoned. Dragonstone. Ooh, because I love that place. It's so beautiful. Like, you're living on the cliffs, and all the rock is, like, slick and black. It's just, like, very my aesthetic. It's awesome. Imagine the see what I was wearing right now, it's all black. <laughs> Literally, though. And just, like, me sitting on that throne. Well, that throne is better than the Iron Throne. Yeah. It's cooler. Yes. Yeah, that's a great choice. I would say, if I were picking from Game of Thrones, I would say maybe, like, Dorne. Yeah. Those gardens are so pretty. And yeah. we never really got... Uh, that much of a look into High Garden. Yeah, that's true. Sounded really nice there and like pretty chill. Yeah, and pretty. Mm-hmm. But would like to see more before I make my decision. I like your choice. Thank you. My number one is it doesn't. It actually doesn't have a confirmed name, which is weird. But it's the wharf in Bob's Burgers where they live. Oh, okay. It's basically like a Coney Island type place. Because they're beachside, and there's, like, a little beachside theme park, which I always think is, like, a really, really fun thing. And Do they um, go to the theme park a lot? Yeah. Okay. And they always are talking about how it's kind of, like, crappy, Mm -hmm. but there's just something really charming about, like, an old theme, like, small theme park. Mm -hmm. I really like that. And um, I like that it has, um, it's an improvement on Stars Hollow for me because... It's big enough that the characters are, like, they know most of the people around, but they're always meeting new people, too. Mm-hmm. And um, there are, like, neighboring cities. There was, so there's, like, they're not isolated. And I like that there's, like, again, like, kind of fun shops and restaurants, and they all have really clever names, which I think is really funny. And this just seems like there's a lot of, like, the kids are always finding fun stuff to do. And... Yeah, that is the place I'd most like to live. The first one that I thought of, the one that first came to my mind, was um, actually Berkeley in Parenthood. Ooh, because that's a great one. It's so beautiful. Their house is so beautiful. Um, and also, you're so close to San Francisco, and that's mm-hmm. like probably one of my top two favorite cities. One time I was on vacation in San Francisco and we were driving through Berkeley and it really looked just like their house. And I know that they didn't, I think they filmed the first season there and then didn't film there the rest or something. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but um, I guess none of that has to do anything with like, how the people are that live there or like the things to do there but i just like the feel of like a suburb outside of a large city clearly or dragonstone where it's completely alone (laughs) (laughs) no i like that where like 
big city action adjacent. Yes. You're not isolated, but you have a ton of options. Yes. That's a really good choice. Thank you. And you can live on a boat if you want. Like, True. Yeah, I have options. <laughs> I was trying to think of shows that, like, have, like, a cabin-y feel or, like, a woodsy feel. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, Twin Peaks is like that, but I've never watched Twin Peaks. I haven't watched all of Twin Peaks, so I don't feel knowledgeable en- enough yeah. on that either. But on a lot of these online lists, it was ranked pretty high. Yeah. Did you have any bonuses? I've never really had a desire to live in the OC, like, Orange County. But the OC kind of makes it look really great. Mm -hmm. But that was the only other one I was thinking of. I put down not... This doesn't rank highly because it's all about the characters that live there. But Pawnee is like a very distinct city in a show. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's like bad enough to think it's one place that I would never ever want to live. But Leslie really does a good job at selling it. You know, it's true. She really does. And I would love to go to the Harvest Festival. Mm-hmm. I still would love to do that. I think I would only want to live in that town if I was friends with all of them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I would want to work with them. Yeah. And be and part of their feel that, lives. like, spirit of Pawnee. Yes. Because the rest of Pawnee, not so great. And I would not want to live in... Well, actually, maybe I would want to live in... Um, what's their rival town? Where they're, like, really rich and fancy... Oh, um, I can't remember. It's going to drive me crazy. I know what it is. But that other town is uh, other town. <laughs> pretty good, actually. They always give them, like, really good party favors and stuff. Eagleton. Mm. Yep. Eagleton. Yeah. Maybe Eagleton is the real bonus that I would like to live in. <laughs> but then I would also want to, like, befriend them. I would be a nice Eagletonian. Eagletonian. All right. Are we on to news? Let's move on. I think we have a lot to cover. Yeah, Comic-Con is happening in San Diego, or it started last week, and there have been constant updates. Mm -hmm. And not even all, only Comic-Con, but it just feels like that has really added to the headlines. Mm -hmm. I will start with HBO has a new TV show that they're making with Chloe Sevigny and Kid Cudi, (laughs) which is really funny to me. Um, but it's a drama that's by going to be made by the Call Me By Your Name director. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, on board for that. It's, like, following two American teenagers and their military and civilian parents as they navigate friendship and first love on American military base in Italy. Sounds really beautiful. Yeah, it does. And I have a crush on Kid Cudi. Yeah. And Chloe's a really great. They announced that... Fargo season four is on its way and they announced the cast. Who is it? So it's Chris Rock will be the head of the crime family. What? Yeah. And Jason Schwartzman, uh, Jack Houston, Ben Wishaw, and um, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. The Chris Rock. Hmm. And it's going to be, I think, like uh, centered on a lot of like race conflict Because I think it's, like, crime family. It's, like, you have Chris Rock heading up this black crime family. And then, like, a, I assume, no good white crime family. So, yeah, I'm excited about that because I love Fargo, even though I have not watched season three yet. Did you watch that? No, I didn't. Did you ever finish season two? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's set in 1950. Interesting. Yeah, some really interesting names in that list. Um, oh, that show Santa Clarita Diet was canceled on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. They Never had a lot of that cancellations. Yeah. Did you say you hadn't watched it? No, I, I have not. Either. Yeah. Also, they are revamping Gossip Girl. I know, I was just going to say that one. Did you see that um, at Comic-Con they were interviewing Kristen Bell? And she kind of led people to believe that she might come back and be the narrator. Which is, I'm very confused about this reboot. I am too. Because when they first announced it, I was like, okay, like a sequel with the same actors. But it sounds like they haven't gotten... If Kristen Bell might be the only person that's hinted yeah. that she would come back for it. Yeah, I think it's like new cast. But I don't know. It's by HBO Max. Whatever that means. Yeah, adding to the mystery. They announced um, like a gazillion Marvel Disney Plus TV shows. Yeah. Honestly, none of which intrigue me that much, to be honest. Nope. It's pretty obviously like the C list of Avengers all got TV shows. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm excited about a lot of the movie news that came out. Yeah, there's some good movie news. But as far as the shows go, I'm much more intrigued by the Star Wars ones Disney Plus has on on the docket. The Marvel ones didn't really intrigue me that much. But if you are a diehard Marvel fan, you're probably stoked about all of those. The last thing I have is that Taika is going to be doing a voice on Rick and Morty this season. Oh, <laughs> apparently. Fun. So maybe I'll start watching watch Rick it. and Morty. <laughs> Did you well, have anything else? Nope. That was it. Okay. Okay. On to Big Little Lies. Season two. How did we feel? Um, I felt pretty good. I wouldn't say that it blew me away. Like, I wasn't in shock. There were moments that blew me away. Yes. But I would say overall, um, a lot of people are hating on it, I feel. Like, critics. Mm -hmm. But overall, I still thought it was, like, a dream cast and intriguing setting and story. And characters. Mm -hmm. So I still really liked it. Yes. I also really liked it. Definitely wasn't as amazed by it as season one. I think that was a given. Mm -hmm. If anyone... Which I think you were going to say something If else. anyone would have said that they liked season two better, I would be very confused. Yeah. And I think that if you went into season two, if people who went in expecting it to be as like good. shockingly good yeah. as the first season... I feel like you were setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. Because we already were kind of at a disadvantage with not having as great of a storyline, I think, that than what we had before. And um, since the book ended after season one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's been a lot of drama about this season and because apparently they had hired a female to direct it. I haven't really read... All, I've read a little bit, but it's all been a little bit confusing. And then they the kind of, like, um, two of the men that were involved in the first season kind of redid everything. I think that's, like, a thing that happens a lot in Hollywood is that, like, you can do what you want with it, but then it could be changed by, like, the... by other people type okay. of thing. Like, after while they're filming shot. or after? Okay, that was my question. Yes. So, I definitely... Reading that, I was like, okay, I did feel like it was a little clunky, especially, like, uh, transitioning and, like, there was a lot of, um, like, the 
Like the sequences where it's like from the past. Oh yeah, like a flashback. That... Yeah, flashbacks. Those that was the word I couldn't think of. I don't think that those were as strong as they were in season one, and I think there was just kind of a lot of explaining of things. Yeah. Um, those are my main qualms. And lastly, Meryl Streep's teeth. I they were just like it was too much. It was so bad. They were like their own character. Yeah, I really hated them. Especially when like she's that good of an actor, she doesn't really need a little like help like that. No, well, and I heard I never read about this. I heard it from someone else. So don't quote me on this. Well, either. we're part of the press, so you can take everything we say to be fact. <laughs> so carry on. <laughs> but I heard that they had taken uh like their Andrew Scar what's his name? Alex Scarscart. I'm so sorry. I like it. I heard that they took like a um an imprint of his teeth, Alexander Scargard's teeth, and like that's what they made the mold for her teeth to look like so that like they would look more like mother and child. That's so <laughs> weird. I honestly part of me hopes that's not true and part of me hopes it is, you know? Yeah, totally. I feel like it's one of those weird things that people would be like this is important. <laughs> Let's we have to do this. When like no, they look enough like alike already. It's yeah, not and, that hard. And it also like it doesn't matter that much. No, people look different from their parents mm-hmm. at times. So. Yes, especially a fa- mother and son. You know. Yeah, and like that old. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how much Alexander Skarsgård was in it. I was actually just thinking that in my head. Yeah. Because, like, they still gave him a full-time gig just with flashbacks alone. Yeah. And I wondered, I mean, you just, you rewatched season one, like, right before season two started. Yes, pretty much. I did not. So, were all of his scenes from the first season, did you notice? Or were a lot of them, they were all new? Yeah. Most of them were new. And he was, like, credited at the beginning. Yeah. In the opening credits. Well, and sometimes, because sometimes I feel like they'll do that even when it's a flashback, when Mm -hmm. it's, like, such a famous actor. Yeah. So, yeah, that was actually pretty cool. I feel like it's rare that someone gets killed off, but then they still get the opportunity to, like, be in the show so much. Yeah. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Meryl Streep, she really was amazing. She really was. I honestly, I don't know why, but I have a hard time when, like, everyone agrees that someone's amazing. I guess I'm <laughs> No, I get that. It's, like, like stubborn, that. yeah. So I'm like, Meryl is amazing, but, like, do we have to all bow down to her at every moment? But she was really good. <laughs> well, here's my thing specifically with this is that, like, you look at her in this show and then remember how she is in Mamma Mia, mm-hmm. where she's, like, young and fresh and hot and, like, has these beachy waves and dancing around in her overalls. And then in this, she looks like she's a million years old and she's so weird and unlikable. I saw, I was reading a review. I think it was even, like, maybe the Vulture review. I was reading that because you were like, oh, they hated it. So I was like, I want to see what they said. And they, even, even they were like, she's like anti-charisma in mm-hmm. this. Like it's, she's like really repels the other characters and she repels you, even though like you want to watch because she's doing such a good job, mm-hmm. but you really just are like, ugh. Well, like- she's like a soul sucker. <laughs> yeah. And like, just from being around her for five seconds. It's like the, um, the energy vampire in what we do in the show. It really is. Oh my gosh, it's completely <laughs> like that. So the fact that she can 
just like to the core of this character be so unlikable Mm -hmm. even though you can see where she's coming from it's not like she's like such a villain that she's literally just like my job in life is to ruin this woman's life like you can see that she honestly has some good arguments yeah and like she's not insane no she's it's just that it's so it was she's a pretty compelling character really because it's not like she's just like a flat boring one note villain at mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. but she really you really don't like her and you can understand why none of the other characters like her like she's saying really abrasive rude things to everyone but mm-hmm. even just if you just saw her you'd be like I don't really want to be around <laughs> you and it's just amazing that she can be like that and then I mean, I keep just thinking of Mamma Mia because I feel like that's almost the exact opposite of this for her. But even, like, Devil's, Devil Wears Prada, like, she's an unlikable person, but still so different in, yeah. like, a different way. It's really... It's... She really does deserve that constant praise. Which, okay, you're right, fine. it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, especially because... In just, like, kind of a TV... It's basically a TV soap opera. Like, they could have just gotten someone who would phone it in, you know? Totally. And so, what elevates this show is the... It, it's only the cast. Um, Shalene Woodley, she was blahs ever. Oh, my gosh. All she did was have bangs and, like... Which were greasy the whole show. <laughs> it was weird. I also was like, how can you afford your lifestyle... Okay, I'm glad you're bringing that up, because same. Like, how can you even afford to live in California, let alone Monterey, and you work at the aquarium? Also, she lives in, like, a little house, right? Yeah. But they kept talking about how Meryl Streep's character bought an apartment in her building. Well, it almost seemed like she had moved. She must have. I hope so. That would have been, like, seemed like a little bit of a plot hole a nice factoid that someone could have just mentioned like oh we helped her move last weekend or something like that yeah i feel like i was pretty impressed with her in the first season because Mm -hmm. i've never really i don't hate her or anything i thought she was good in the fault in our stars but every time i see her i see her be really good in something i'm kind of surprised well and i feel like she kind of matches what is surrounding her you know yeah and so yeah i thought that I still think that she was good with what she was given. Yeah. But she just wasn't given very much this season at no. all. And yeah. And, and she, I was fine with it. Yeah. It wasn't that she was like, when they have a scene for her, then I was like, oh, great. Here we go. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, you're in the you're in a show and in scenes with Meryl Streep, like not many people can match up to that. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. And I was also really confused by her love interest. Like, I was confused as to how old he was. Well, one of my notes is how old is she supposed to be? Obviously, she was raped when she was much younger. Mm -hmm. And she's still very young. So I think she's she's like like 20s. Yeah, that was what I had calculated. (laughs) I guess technically... He was like 18. He looked so young. I have a note that says um, he looks hotter at the disco party. Yeah, that just and he looked older. Really good. Yeah, it was amazing. I love a show that lets characters, adults, like dress up in amazing costumes. Yeah, because um, I feel like they did his hair differently, and he just looked a lot older. Mm-hmm. And then he, yeah, he literally looks like he's eighteen. Yeah, I guess he technically could be like twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, but they were like trying to give him like 
he is like very mature and like oh, ready to take on a kid. You and know? it's like he also has apparently a part time job at the <laughs> aquarium. Yeah, it's weird. So that was very strange. One person, a side character that I liked a lot more this season was actually Adam Scott's character. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing in the first season, and a lot of it is just an unfair thing that he's Ben Wyatt, but it was really almost distracting that he was in the show mm-hmm. at first. You know, that went away when I watched it the second time, I will okay. say. Because that I didn't feel that the second season, so I mm-hmm. bet it is just like... Knowing he's in the show once you start the show, mm-hmm. that it kind of goes away. But the first season, especially because I liked that he had a lot more to do, like, knowing all the drama. Yeah. And, and, like, getting mad and actually showing emotions about things. Well, he's the only good male in the show. Yeah, exactly. And in the first season, he was very Ben-esque in that he's, like, kind of like, oh, I'm making wise cracks. I'm kind of a fish out of water mm-hmm. to me. And in this one, I was, like, I liked seeing him more directly react to things. And I thought he was really, his scenes with Reese were really great. And I was really impressed with him. I thought he did a really good job. Agreed. I liked his Elvis outfit better than his disco outfit, but that yeah. was just personal preference. Well, he he can't pull off an afro. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, that reminds me of Zoe Kravitz's uh, plot lines this season. She had a lot more to do, and I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, something that they address in the new season a little bit is um, her relationship with her husband, which I was very pleased about because I've always thought that they were super random and that she, a girl like her, would never end up with a guy like him. Like, never. Never, never ever. It's so weird. Never. So it was so confusing. I was glad that they admitted that and, like, uh, address that a little bit. I completely agree. I don't yeah. think that they did a very good job storytelling the rest of Bonnie's storyline with her mom. No, I would, I 100% agree with that. Especially because, like, I don't mind a story that, like, requires us as the audience to, like, fill in the blanks mm-hmm. and do work because I like when, I respect when shows do that, but this felt like it was just afterthoughts. And I felt like her story with her mom could have been really interesting mm-hmm. to show, but they, like, never really showed it and left too much to the imagination that it felt like bad storytelling. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm remembering is that when her mom first comes to town, mm-hmm. and they're talking about how she had visions, yeah. I was like, so is this really going to be, like, there's, like, obviously not a supernatural full element to the show, but is this really going to be, like... A character that believes stuff like that? Well, that's that could the thing. be cool. They never showed any of that, but apparently her mom's a psychic. Well, that would have been awesome. Yeah. There are times when, like, she is, like, will touch her mom and it will do, like, a flashback. Or, like, she can tell that her mom can, like, see something or, mm-hmm. like, has a vision. And so, like, she is a psychic, but it does a really bad time. It's really bad at telling you about that. Totally. And it's a really big uh, missed opportunity because that could be, if they, like, delved into that more, that's a another huge divide between her and Monterey and her life with her husband and stuff. Yeah. Like, being in tune with things like that. Yeah. But I was kind of like, oh, so, like, can we get another season and it's just, like, Bonnie having superpowers? <laughs> I, would, I would totally watch that. I think because Zoe was so good 
it again wasn't unbearable, mm-hmm. but it was like noticeably fell apart by the end. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Yeah. It was like a little too long and it just made me a little sad because I, but I loved seeing more of Bonnie. Yeah. Um, I feel like probably the fan favorite was Renata. Yeah. They Laura really, Dern. they really like turned up the volume on her. Yeah. And like all, every line was like immediately going to be a gif. Yes. Which I every love. Episode. Laura Dern is really, really good at a freak out. Mm-hmm. And so that was fun. Yeah, and anytime she was doing a freak out, I was like, this must have been so fun to film. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah, she was she was hilarious. Just every time she says Amabella is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. And I guess we should still mention Reese and Nicole. I was just thinking that. I was like, <laughs> I feel like they go without saying that they're basically like the core of the show. Yeah. I felt like Reese didn't have as many like um scene stealers. Yeah, especially because they cut, apparently, they cut the that ice cream throwing scene. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Oh, yeah, duh. But yes. But it was, but it was funny because I was like, how would they have resolved that? Because if she really was throwing an ice cream at Meryl Streep, I feel like there would have been real consequences. <laughs> but it still would have been really thrilling to see that. Yeah. I guess we will have to buy the DVDs like we said. We will. Oh, that was another thing. Speaking of Nicole, mm-hmm. when they're in the courtroom, mm-hmm. it, it was I had a lot of moments where I really had to think, like, wow, was I really not paying attention to what was going on? Like when you start seeing flashbacks, mm-hmm. um, and so I don't, I still don't know if that was on me that I didn't know everything that was happening. Yeah, no, that wasn't shown, and so I kind of would like. I would have liked maybe subtle hints. Yeah. But it was just another kind of, like, clunky thing. It was really fun to see her lawyer come out of her and, like, practice what she used to do before she was in a committed abusive relationship. Exactly. And um, I thought that the there was, like, a drastic change in her as, like, um, I think she used... She was a lot more timid the whole first season and like the whole second season until it was like life or death. And like, then she was like, I have to do what I have to do. And then she was just like a freaking powerhouse. And yeah, the season finale with her was really amazing. Yeah. I did a really great job. I also, we kind of talked about this, uh, just like when we were talking about our reactions to the show and, um, I thought it was a really interesting choice to put that, like, basically, the climax of that episode was towards the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. instead of, like, building up to it. Because I, I actually liked that, how then the rest of it was, like, kind of recuperating from that and, like, making hard decisions after seeing this traumatic trial happen. Yeah. And so I liked that decision. I thought it was interesting and unique. Yeah. And it really worked. I think I would have probably switched around most of the Bonnie stuff. So that that happened more in the beginning, and then the trial, and then... The um, final scene. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that it didn't end-end with, like, the trial. Yeah. Um, the way that they closed the se- the season was um, definitely they left it open for, if we want to do another season, we will. If we don't, we won't. Yeah. 
That was how I interpreted it. It was like perfectly middle of the road Yes, for that. Yeah. Which I would be fine if they didn't do a third season. If they did do a third season, I would be excited and I would hope that we'd get these great performances with those improvements of things that we talked about. Yeah. Hopefully they listen to us and take notes. (laughs) I'm going to send... I'm going to record this on a tape, a cassette tape and mail it to (laughs) David E. Kelly or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, definitely worth a watch. And I was actually pretty, um, not, like, skeptical, but I was kind of like, will this be anywhere as good? Mm-hmm. So for me, I was pretty satisfied yeah. with it. I'm honestly pretty surprised that you were as satisfied as you were, because you were very anti. I don't know if I'd go that far. Maybe not anti, but you were very cautious to be excited. Yeah, I just wasn't, like, I could have, could have took it, taken it or, or left it. Yeah. But I ended up enjoying it. I thought it was good. And it was um, still a fun watch. I don't think I burned through them as quickly as the first season, which I felt like I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. This one, though, um, I, yeah, I thought it was good. Good. Proud of them. I am, too. It'll be interesting to see if they get as many awards and noms. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I'm sure Meryl will win some kind of television award for that. Yeah. But they yeah, like, it's like an addiction. They can't not nominate her. Is she still a like a guest star or well, would she be a supporting role? Don't even ask me cuz those <laughs> categories are so confusing. It's yeah. like I feel like they'll nominate her for whichever one they think she'll win. All right. My boyfriend of the week is Adam Scott. I thought he looked really hot in most of the episodes of the season. He did look hot. Yeah. They did him well. I was proud of him. Yeah. He was someone I would happily marry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looked good. And I think that, like, he gets hotter with age. He just looks great. I'm proud of him. Yeah. And I really, I, w- I do want to rewatch season one because I would just kind of get, there's something, like, that kind of annoyed me the first time I watched it. Well, the first, t- the first se- like, couple episodes, he's, like, very annoying and just, like, kind of rude to Reese. But he really pulls through, and then you kind of feel bad for him. Yeah, totally. Well, and I was actually glad with his storyline because, and I don't think this is a spoiler because it's season one, but I was really glad that there were finally consequences for Reese's affair. Yeah. Because that was kind of a thing that I was, it was almost like played up for like sexy, like almost like funniness because like Mm -hmm. she's so wild. And so I was like, are they just going to like sweep that under the rug? Mm -hmm. So I was really glad that they dealt with the consequences because i i just like when shows you do have actual consequences for things yeah so um yeah he was great since there is literally no one else you can crush on in that show yeah unless i want to have a crush on a teenager (laughs) shailene's like baby boyfriend which i am not interested in i have still been trying to power through at least the first season of veronica mars before i start season four i gotta say Veronica Mars's dad on the show is one of the great TV dads. Hmm. He's played by Enrico Colantoni. He, the other thing I know him from is Galaxy Quest. He plays the lead alien in that, <laughs> which is wild because he seems like a diff- completely different person on Veronica Mars. Thank goodness, because then <laughs> I would have zero crush on him. But um, I saw this uh, quote from him this week. He was interviewed after the new season dropped. And it's just, he's just, like, a really great, dependable, trustworthy dad. And 
he said, cause so in the show, he's a private investigator and that's like how Veronica gets her start. Cause she's been like raised as first the daughter of, he was a sheriff and then he becomes a PI. And, um, his, the quote that I just was so heartwarming is that he's like, I didn't even really research exactly what a PI does. What I needed to know about this character is that he loves his daughter and that's like what he cares about. Special. Yeah. And I watched the finale, uh, uh, the other day of season one, I made it through season one and the finale is like, it's just like, there's so much that goes on emotionally and he comes to her rescue in several ways and they just have like a really really strong father-daughter bond and i just can't help but crush on him he's just a great guy so it's nice to have like a positive male character somewhere in my tv viewing this week (laughs) yeah i would say that my um my second runner-up would be um zoe kravitz just because she looks so beautiful she's so stunning i loved her disco outfit too yeah Oh, yeah, her short bob hair was incredible. And yeah. her blue eyeshadow was such a good look on her. All yeah. their makeup was amazing in that yeah. disco party. It was really good. I guess my if we're, if we're going to do backup crush, I think my backup crush would be Laura Dern. Good choice as well. She was just so, so funny. And so funny and great. so powerful. And, again, it made me really excited that she'll be Marmee in Little Women. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It'll be really an interesting... Well, because... One thing that I was like, I remembered this week is that she's Shailene's mom in Fault in Our Stars. Oh, I forgot about that. I had completely spaced that. And she's so great in that, too. She's like, she's just like a great mom. And I haven't seen her be like a truly non-crazy parent in so long. So I'm excited to see her in Little Women in that role. Totally. I think season two of Big Little Lies is definitely worth the watch. Yes. And that's... Coming from Big Little Thoughts, over and out. 